Two Illinois basketball coaches join Calipari's Wildcat staff. Decatur High School seniors sign on for a brand new career. More on these stories, I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. Uh, we're going to start simple today and just jump into local government news. Uh, right away, we're going to hit some highlights that came out of Normal, which had a pretty exciting week for local government news. Uh, on Thursday, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin visited Uptown to drum up support for President Joe Biden's American Jobs Plan. Included in that plan is about $174 billion set aside for investing in the country's electric vehicle infrastructure. And I'm talking about charging stations, baby. Biden wants to set a goal of building 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations across the country by 2023. To drive home the point on how huge this is, Durbin spoke about the investments in EVs in central Illinois, specifically Rivian. The electric vehicle company is rivaling Tesla and attracting EV-related business to the area. Durbin said that central Illinois is poised to become the Silicon Valley of electric vehicle technology. To read the full story, find my report at panagraph.com. Along the same vein, the Normaltown Council approved a few exciting plans for Rivian, including a site plan amendment and the zoning and annexation of 380 acres of farmland west of the plant. The discussions, however, were heated at some point. Um, I have the full scoop and a rundown on the council meeting at panagraph.com, so head on over there to read the Normaltown Council meeting story plus Rivian stuff. I have probably, I've written probably five stories about it all. So uh, it's all exciting. It's great news. Read my stories. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Down in Decatur, the city council has approved plans for improvements to Business 51 between Pershing Road and El Dorado Street. The improvements could include reducing driving lanes, added green space, and and pedestrian and bike paths. Though nothing is set in stone yet, council members like where the plan is heading and gave it their stamp of approval. For the full report on the Decatur City Council meeting, read Brendan Moore's story at herald-review.com. Public works projects are a theme for this week, apparently. JGTC reporter Rob Stroud this week wrote that newly seated Mattoon City Council voted Tuesday evening to approve several public works projects, including plans to hire a fire hydrant replacement contractor for the first time. The hydrant plan includes replacing 12 low-pressure or broke fire hydrants this year along Charleston, Broadway, Richmond, and Western Avenues. Mattoon will seek bids for the project and cover the costs with water and capital funds. For more meeting coverage on the other resolutions approved that night, head on over to jg-tc.com and read Stroud's full report. So, um, health is basically just our regional and local reporter Lindsay Jones's corner to shine. Uh, So we're going to talk about some features that Lindsay wrote, and not all of them are COVID related. So there's some good news with that. And Kelsey is gonna start us off with a pretty heartwarming story that actually made me tear up. This is definitely a heartwarming story. Uh, An Illinois State University student got to celebrate her graduation a year early. Kaylin Hayes, an agricultural education major, this week took an unofficial walk across the stage to receive her diploma so her mom, Cindy, could see her graduate. Cindy was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer nearly a year ago and does not know how long she has left, but she wanted to make sure she saw her daughter graduate. She said it is, quote, the only reason I have been fighting cancer. 
This is really a touching story, and Lindsay did a great job capturing that day. So uh, definitely go over to panagraph.com to read the full story. Okay, another interesting story that Lindsay wrote this week details an art exhibit currently on display at the McLean County Art Center. You might be asking, how does health and art intersect? Well, photographer Carl Smith has told the story of his journey with type 1 diabetes through art. That is, taking black and white photos of medical waste. Uh, The photos depict hundreds and thousands of needles, syringe caps, and old insulin pumps left behind uh, through his lifelong journey. We don't want to spoil too much, but we feature some of the photos on panagraph.com, and you should really check out the story because it's really incredibly inspiring. Uh, Lindsay's full story is, again, at panagraph.com. Please read it. And one piece of COVID-related news is this feature Lindsay wrote about who is not getting the COVID-19 vaccine and why. Lindsay spoke with several people about why they're choosing not to get the vaccine, and the story offers some interesting perspectives and opinions. So that story is also at panagraph.com. So you can find all the Lindsay stuff. All right, so let's move into some education news. Sierra, take it away. This week, Decatur Public Schools celebrated high school seniors who are ending their high school career while starting a new one. The Decatur Public Schools Career Signing Day shifts the focus from college readiness to career readiness, encouraging students to pursue meaningful opportunities where they see fit, including heading straight to work right after high school, of course, with the necessary training and experience. Valerie Wells with the Herald and Review spoke with several of these students who will be embarking on an apprenticeship and other career opportunities immediately after receiving their diploma, and it's a fantastic read. If you want to read more about this special career day and the students who participated, visit herald-review.com. Into some higher ed news, the Illinois State University Board of Trustees voted Friday to keep tuition rates and fees level next year, but the cost of room and board for students living on campus or using a meal plan will go up by 3%. For undergrad students, tuition will remain at $384.13 per credit hour for in-state students and $768.26 per credit hour for out-of-state students. Graduate students will keep paying $403.59 students per credit hour for the in-state students, and out-of-state will pay $838.30 per credit hour. The board also announced we are just weeks away from knowing who will succeed ISU President Larry Dietz when he retires this summer. So for all the ISU updates that came out of Friday's board meeting, be sure to find Lenore Sabota's stories at panagraph.com. Here is an update to a story that we talked about several months ago. Eastern Illinois University has spent several months researching and considering whether or not it would rename the university's Douglas Hall. The conversation was sparked in light of recent concerns about racial injustice and because of the connection between the name and Stephen Douglas, who supported slavery. Uh, All members of the EIU naming committee has since recommended for the university to change the name of the hall, noting widespread support expressed during public issues and a survey distributed. Dave Fopay with the JG-TC has a full scoop at gg-tc.com, and I recommend taking a look at how the committee came to this decision and why. Okay, so now for some sports-related news. Very fun. Two Illinois assistant basketball coaches are taking their talents to the bluegrass, joining John Calipari's coaching staff at the University of Kentucky. 
Ron Coleman and Orlando Antiqua have been assistant coaches with the University of Illinois men's basketball team for four seasons, but by this time next year, Coleman will be an assistant coach for the men's Wildcats team and Antiqua will be an associate coach. U of I head coach Brad Underwood also announced this week a former Illinois player will be returning to the team as an assistant coach. Former starting point guard for the Illini, Chester Frazier, brings a decade of experience as as an assistant coach with stops in Virginia Tech and Kansas State. And uh, as a born and raised UK fan, this story definitely piqued my interest, so I'd say you should be sure to check out Matt Flatten's story, found on all three of our websites, jg-tc, herald-review.com, and panograph.com, where you can get the full picture on these coaching careers. Okay, this is also Matt Flatten Hour, so we have another interesting story coming out of Decatur. Um, Matt this week wrote about a Lovington-based race car driver who has one big this season. Jeremy Nichols this season took home three victories after two nights of racing at Macon Speedway on the opening night of its 76th season. He followed it up with another big win at Farmer City Speedway last week, and he's won a lot. So I know this is a little different from our usual sports coverage, but I thought this would be a fun story to highlight. Flan spoke with Nicholas about his racing career, and if you like race cars, check out the full feature story at herald-review.com. Now we're going to move into some public safety and courts-related news. A Decatur man is in custody, suspected for attempted murder, Macon County authorities say. 18-year-old Keith Lowe was booked Tuesday and held on a $1 million bond after Decatur police say he is the suspect in an April 28th shooting that left a 22-year-old woman with non-life-threatening injuries. Police said there are no indications other suspects were involved. But for the full details on Lowe's case and the shooting, be sure to find Tony Reed's report at herald-review.com. It's the election that never ends, kind of. Um, While the 2018 Macon County Sheriff's election between incumbent Tony Brown and challenger Jim Rue has not been settled, Howard Buffett, the 66-year-old Decatur philanthropist, businessman, and former sheriff, said that he plans to run again in 2022. Buffett is Brown's direct predecessor, serving out the final 14 months of the retiring Schneider's term. Uh, the son of multi-billionaire investor Warren Buffett, Howard Buffett, came to, the, came to Decatur in the 1990s to work for Archer Daniels Mil- Midland Company. His foundation has donated millions of dollars to Decatur area projects, including the sheriff's office. You can find the full story at herald-review.com, written by Brendan Moore. Okay, and to finish out the pod this week, I wanted to highlight um, tomorrow's Mother's Day, in case you missed it. Um, (laughs) Big day. Uh, In all three of our papers, we did special stories talking to moms who became moms for the first time during the pandemic. Um, I wrote the one for the Panagraph. I should have known who wrote the ones for the other papers before I started that sentence. But um, it was really great to be able to talk with these moms about the challenges they faced. And I mean, it was scary being pregnant during the pandemic and then giving birth. And uh, a few of them mentioned that they were afraid that their husbands weren't going to be able to be in the delivery room with them. But also a lot of silver linings came out of all this. They got to spend way more time with their newborns than they might have uh, might have otherwise if they had to go b- back to work in person right away things like that um, going on walks every day you don't do that when it's not a pandemic well most people don't <laughs> so um, yeah it was just really nice uh, I met some babies this week got to talk to some moms who were very excited about their first Mother's Day and uh, 
I, I feel like all of them mentioned that they just wanted to have a nice meal and hang out with their babies, <laughs> which is heartwarming. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what my mom has always wanted for her Mother's Day, just to hang out with her kids and uh, not have to cook. And uh, I won't be able to see my own mom on Mother's Day, but I do plan to send her some food um, whenever I can. Um, yeah, so shout out to all of the mothers, new and old. Uh, we love you. You do so much for our families and for your children. I know my mom has done a lot for me, and I love her. Um, but I was going to say that Kelsey's story was really, really great, but we also have some like really cute baby photos on oh, yeah. all three websites. So if that's like your jam... Uh, head on over to pantograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com and check out all the baby photos and um, maybe get your shot of cuteness for the day, your dose of, cute, dose of cuteness for the day. There's a lot of cuteness. There's a lot of cuteness on all the websites this weekend. So many cute photos. There's also a baby named Jameson. <gasps> like the whiskey. Who <laughs> <laughs> is also very cute. You can't say that. I don't think Kelsey got to um, hang out with all the babies this week. Oh, didn't you also get to hang out with baby chicks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, on Monday, I got to meet some baby chickens that were in, uh, like, okay, just scratch my face. Um, McLean County's Ag in the Classroom every year as part of the Illinois University. Nope. As part of the University of Illinois Extension, they raise, they hatch chicks in classrooms. Uh, third grade classrooms across the county. I think it's farther than that. It's in other counties as well. But yeah, I went to meet some baby chicks on Monday. And that was also very cute. A lot of cuteness this week. It was a good week. <laughs> oh, to be an education reporter. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great time. Um, yes. Whereas I had to deal with politics. <laughs> <laughs> which just kills me tim and i were talking today too because i was like oh my god i want to do more arts and culture writing and he was like well, i don't really like that and i was like i love it i want to do more of it i'm tired of politics and government though i do like i do like it but it's exhausting so i'm jealous that you got to hang out with the baby chickens considering you're a government reporter but <laughs> it's a love it's a love-hate relationship i love it and i also hate it i love it when it's great i hate it when i have to cover four hour long meetings Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but don't we all um so that's gonna do it for us today folks as always if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting check us out on apple podcasts spotify or google podcasts while you're at it head on over to pantograph.com herald-review.com and jg-tc.com to look at subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism oh, and we're having a flash sale on subscriptions on all three of our websites that ends sunday so be sure to check that out it's like it's like a couple bucks for six months worth of content i think yeah, definitely check that out. <laughs> oh my god, we have so much content to offer too. So not only is it this podcast, we also have photos, video. Tons of stories. Tons of stories. Longer versions of stories. Long don't... versions of stories, short versions of stories, <laughs> enterprise stories, short stories. Crime stories. Court stories. Education stories. Happy stories. 
Rivian stories. <laughs> Investment. Redfish, bluefish, one fish, two fish. Okay. <laughs> good job, everyone. Good, 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 good. Um, Our brains are working. Yep. It's a Friday. <laughs> All right. Signing off now. Bye. <laughs>